Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. All right, so check it. On this particular podcast, we're going to take a look back. Uh, On September 30th, 1997, Common dropped his third studio album. One day, it'll all make sense. We're going to break it down. We'll talk about the impact of the album, track listing, production, and a whole bunch of other things. So sit back, relax. I'll drop the theme music, and we'll get the podcast jumping. Let's get it. Welcome back. As I mentioned at the top, man, we're talking about one day it'll all make sense 20 years later. It's really hard to believe, at least for me it is, uh, that this album is turning 20. Uh, The reason being is that I remember actually purchasing this album. Uh, Unlike most people, this was the first album that I heard from Common. Uh, He had two previous albums, uh, Can I Borrow a Dollar and uh, Resurrection. Now, I heard both albums, but this was the first one that I bought. Now, everybody remembers Resurrection because it had the smash. uh, I used to love her, the hip hop anthem. Um, But yeah, for me, this was the first time that I actually copped an album uh, from Common. Uh, What was interesting was this album, as I mentioned, was released uh, September 30th, 1997. Uh, What's weird is that at that particular time, hip hop was really kind of in a weird place. Um, Tupac had just died in 1996. Uh, Biggie had died earlier in 1997 in March. Um, You know, so hip hop was still trying to kind of find its way. I I like to refer to 1997 and hip hop as a year where hip hop tried to find its way. Uh, But one thing's for certain, uh, the shiny suit era was in full effect. Puff was everywhere. Um, and of course, if you're familiar with common, you know, that leading up to this album, uh, you know, he had had a beef with ice cube and West side connection. Uh, the beef was, you know, squashed or what have you, but there was a beef nonetheless. Uh, so this album, you know, kind of found common in a really peculiar place. Uh, he had just become a father for the first time. Um, so 1997 was kind of bugged out. Uh, like I said, it's kind of hard to believe that it's been 20 years for, for this album. Uh, but 20 years nonetheless. Um, one of the things that stands out to me uh, with this album is, first and foremost, the production. Uh, Common, I think, even though this was the first time that I heard, that I actually, excuse me, purchased a full-length Common album, uh, the production was crazy, just like on the previous albums. But I think what we got a chance to see was common grow and then also grow with his producers uh this started uh you know a trend as far as his albums and how they sounded sonically Uh, i think this album sounds a little bit more mature than resurrection and can i borrow a dollar you know the subject matter is definitely more mature um but he had you know different producers on there from uh of course the 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 great no id (laughs) james poiser uh let me see who else was on the album. Spike Rebel, 
Uh, he had production help from, uh, and I think this might have been the first time that they worked together, uh, Amir Thompson uh, from The Roots, as you all know him as Questlove. <laughs> um, Doug Infinite, uh, Why Not, Kareem Riggins, um, just to name a few. So he had production, you know, from a lot of different angles. Um, now, this album, when I look back on it, you know, it felt like a smash when it came out in 1997. Uh, unfortunately, this album didn't sell well. Uh, this album only sold 250,000 copies, um, which is, you know, relatively speaking at that particular time, wasn't a lot. Uh, nowadays, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a major win for you. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I think the the record sales don't reflect how good the album is. Uh, and this was a time where, you know, in hip hop, you really didn't have to have the record sales to validate yourself. You know, you if you had something dope, you had something dope. Now, of course, Bad Boy was selling through the roof and, you know, Death Row was selling through the roof at this particular time. But, you know, that doesn't mean that this wasn't a great album because it was. And I'll break down the album in just a few. But um, it didn't sell well. But, you know, nonetheless, it was still still quality music. Uh, one of the first things that stood out to me about the album when I actually copped it was the album cover. If you're familiar with the album cover, uh, there's a picture of Common. I think Common's like eight years old on the album cover with his mother. Now in hip hop, you know, it wasn't unusual to have, you know, your baby pictures or, uh, you know, pictures of your youth. Shout out to Nas, shout out to Biggie uh, on your album cover. But nonetheless, I thought it was pretty dope that he was on the album cover with his mom. Um, so I think it's, uh, you know, that was one of the things that stood out to me initially when I saw it. Um, another thing was this album, like I said, it, it sounds so much more mature with the production. And then also Common had quite a few guest features on here. And at, at this particular time in hip hop, you really didn't have a lot of guest features on your albums. Uh, but this was the late 90s. And, and that kind of kind of sort of started to become a thing um you know the guest features included the great l boogie <laughs> aka lauren hill uh he had pasta noose uh and true Goy, uh from de la soul uh he had CeeLo on a track malik youssef did some spoken word uh of course uh doing some background was the great erica badu and if i'm not mistaken this may have been the first time that erica badu and common actually worked together and if you're familiar with history, uh, subsequently, Common and Ms. Badu uh, became a thing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Common fell in love. And I mean, you know, I mean, you've seen Erica. Who, who can blame him? You know, and some people would say that Common, you know, fell off after that. I don't think he fell off. He was just he's a dude in love. But, then, you know, that's another story for another day. Uh, Black Thought also appeared on the album. Uh, Q-Tip from A Tribe Called Quest. Uh, Cannabis appeared on the album as well um which was interesting because i think for me uh and i may have been late to the cannabis party i think that was the first time that i'd ever heard of cannabis but he was out before um but the the song that he jumps on um yeah i don't think i'd ever heard uh cannabis before uh shante savage lended her vocals as well and uh pops <laughs> is on the album and what i mean by pops uh Common's father is on this album as well. Uh, 
Now, I personally, one of my favorite things, man, was to hear a common album and hear his dad on the album. Uh, his dad seemed to be like this real smooth, trash talking dude from Chicago. Um, I thought it was really, really dope for him to put his dad on the album and the skits and interludes. Um, and there's one skit on here where, <laughs> where he says he wants to set up a, a boxing match with Jesse Jackson because he wanted to kick his ass. Uh, I thought that was dope, man. Um, and, and that was a theme that happened, you know, on several Commons albums. Uh, and even his most recent album, man, it it and his father recently passed, I think, like within this past two years or so. Uh, but on his latest on Commons latest album, his dad appears, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, for the last time. And it felt kind of nostalgic to hear, you know, his dad's voice, because I think as a fan of Common and as, and as a fan of his albums, you know, you get used to hearing pops on the album. So, you know, it, it was, um, you know, very nostalgic and then also kind of sad a little to hear his dad on the album for the for the last time. And, um, you know, if you're a fan of Common, you know how uh, how close or at least you could assume how close they are as far as their relationship um, but I thought that was dope, man, having your old man on, on the album. I, I definitely, if there was ever a 12 Kyle album, <laughs> you best believe my dad would be on it with me. Um, but nonetheless, man, again, uh, production-wise, this is a, a very, very more mature-sounding album. Um, and then it's, it's, it's some dope rhymes, but it's very melodic. Uh, the production, I thought, was tight. It doesn't sound old or anything like that. You know, he does, you know, sample a little bit on the, like, for example um the uh the track with uh shante savage reminded me of seth and i'll talk about that in just a second um you know used the old patrice russian sample and i love patrice russian growing up as a kid so it was it was cool for me to hear that so uh you know he, he did you know dabble in sampling uh the retrospect for life track was uh sampled uh hathaway he sampled donnie hathaway as well as stevie wonder um, which are two artists <laughs> that, you know, aren't the easiest to sample or at least get your sample cleared and, you know, still come up with uh, dope music. But nonetheless, man, I think production wise, man, this is a tight, tight album. And I think it started on its trajectory as far as, you know, where Kama was going. So. Um, so, yeah, the 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 album is, is tight uh, top to bottom, I think, sonically. I tell you what, let's take a quick commercial. We're here from Common. And on the other side, man, I'll break down the track listing. Sit tight. We'll be back in just a second. Uh, one of the songs you made um, in your career, Retrospect for Life, yeah. um, with Lauren Hill. Yeah. In the beginning of Chapter 7, you write a letter uh, to your unborn child. Yeah. So uh. that was, I mean, for me, that was a situation where, you know, going through a, a, an abortion. And it was like, it struck me at that time because it was like, man, I can't keep doing this. I can't do this like mm -hmm. this. I felt respon the responsibility and, and I decided to write about it. And I think writing, writing it was definitely a release for me. And it also eventually for other people, you know, I've had people come up to me and say, man, you know, that song made me decide to, to have my kid, you know, so. I, I wanted to use music and I want to use my book as things that can hopefully inspire Mm -hmm. and, and enlighten people and help affect lives in a positive way.
I'd like to welcome everybody to the LP. One day it'll all make sense. Not me. What I want to do to you, nah, really it's for you, is open my mental window, hoping that you would climb in. Or if not, at least look in. I want to take you to places that I've been and to the places that I want to go. I mean, this music, it ain't all that I got, but it does mean a lot to me. I injected my whole being into it. And I've been doing it for a while. It's like my whole life has become a style. And I want to get into it. Yeah. Yo, this is how the album actually starts. I think it's so dope, man, because... He's talking about what he actually intends to do, his thought process and his feelings. And you can see that resonate throughout the album. I love this, you know, as far as how it actually starts. Uh, This is called introspective. Uh, As I mentioned at the top, man, we're talking about commons. One day it'll all make sense. 20 years later, this is the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. Uh, So that's how the album starts, man. It starts with the introspective and then he goes into the invocation. And I love this joint, man, when it comes on because it's envisioning the hereafter, listening to Steve Wonder on a quest for love like the Proceed drummer. That's a little subtle shout out to Quest Love. So um, that's how the album kicks off, man. I love it. I love it. And um, it goes from track one, which is introspective, to track two, invocation. Um... Then we go to Real Nigga Quotes, uh, produced by Doug Infinite, man. The first two tracks are produced by uh, No ID, uh, by the way. Uh, Real Nigga Quotes, man, I love this joint, man. The horns on it, Doug Infinite really, really does his thing. Um, and I think one of the things that stands out, man, is, is Common's, his, his lyrical precision, if you will. Uh, you know, people who know Common know that he has bars. I mean, that goes without saying. You you don't even have to be a Common fan to understand what he does lyrically. But I think, you know, when you look at Resurrection and the step that he took from Resurrection moving to this album, I thought it was a, was a, a phenomenal step for him lyrically. And he just kind of takes it to the next level. Then you move on to track four, Retrospect for Life. Um... This one was very, very deep because this was the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this was the lead single. Uh, The lead single, it was released on uh, July 29th, 1997. Um, Yeah, what was interesting was, and they did a video with he and Lauryn Hill. And from what I understand, this song, you know, was inspired by the birth of his daughter. Now, if you listen to the words of the song, you know, Common, you know, finds out that his girl is pregnant and they're contemplating having an abortion. And what was interesting about the theme of this song is that like nobody in hip hop was talking about this kind of stuff on this level. Uh, 
and I think he he made it sound relatable to the to the point where you know if you and and you know many of you listening <laughs> have been in this position you know where you're sitting there wondering okay well what happens if she's pregnant you know that type of thing and what do I do and I thought man that was very key uh you know in this song and they you know kind of go well he's going back and forth in his mind about you know speaking to his unborn child and what he might do or what he thought about doing and you know the status of the relationship now, I don't know if he was talking about his relationship per se but he does paint a picture of a guy who is you know like I said contemplating abortion and you know he obviously doesn't and he's got Lauren Hill on the hook man <laughs> which was crazy uh never dreamed you'd leave in summer by Stevie Wonder is, is where they sampled it from, which is a classic Stevie song. Um, and then again, as I mentioned at the top, they sampled uh, a song from you, a song for you from Donny Hathaway. So, you know, a very, very deep song. And it's only four tracks in. So, you know, that makes you think like, OK, this is this is this album's going places. And uh, again, that was produced by James Poyser and No ID. Um Next, getting down at the amphitheater is track five uh, that features De La Soul's uh, Pasta News and True Goy, The Dove, uh, produced by No ID. Um, just bars, just bars. And, and it's always good, I think, like when we were, when, when someone like myself is tenured in hip hop the way that I am, you really have an appreciation for when other MCs, when dope MCs or MCs that you consider to be dope get other dope MCs. And for Common to go get the cast from De La Soul, I thought was dope um, because, you know, that it didn't you, you, he wasn't putting them on there so he could get record sales. You know, he was putting it on because it's like, OK, boom, I, I, I'm dope. I can spit and these guys are going to you know make me push my pen. So I didn't have a problem with that at all. Then you move to track six, uh, Food for Funk, another really funky, funky track, uh, deep bass line. Uh, Common, you know, is rhyming on that one pretty tough too as well. Uh, then the next track, track seven, G-O-D, stands for Gaining One's Definition. And uh, he's got CeeLo on the hook, and CeeLo also brings in a verse, of course, CeeLo from Goody Mob. Um, now, this was produced by uh, No ID and Spike Rebel. Um, I thought what was interesting about this is that Common being from the Midwest and Chicago, you know, tapping into, you know, the Southern roots, if you will, and getting uh, CeeLo from Goody Mob. Uh, to my knowledge, they hadn't worked together prior to that. But I think, you know, it was a situation where game recognized game. And, you know, I think, you know, there was a mutual level of respect as artists. And, um, you know, the, the theme that they're talking about, you know, is questioning you know, the relationship people have with God and whether or not God exists. Uh, it's a very, very deep song. Again, very mature thinking, a very thought provoking song, which to be honest in hip hop at that particular time, we really did need it. Um, the next track, track eight, uh, My City, uh, which has some spoken word from uh, my man Malik Youssef. Uh, that was <clears throat> that was dope as well. Then we go to track nine. Hungry. It's a short track uh, that's produced by No ID, um, but that was good also as well. Then you move on to track 10, uh, All Night Long. 
Um, All Night Long, again, as I mentioned, uh, featured Erica Badu. This was actually the third song that was released uh, off the album. It was released January 25th, 1998. Um, Again, it paired, uh, you know, Common with Erica Badu and as well as uh, Questlove uh, on the production. Um, I love it, man, because it's just a really, really smooth song. It's a song you can kick back uh, and, and kind of vibe out to on some cool out shit. And, um, you know, when I hear this song, I could kind of see, you could kind of visualize Common and Erica in the studio just kind of kicking and chilling. You know, on the back end of it, there's a skit uh, (laughs) where Common comes in town and, you know, he had been out of town. His boy Rashid picks him up from the airport. Uh, I'm sorry, his boy Mo, his boy Mo. uh, He calls him Rashid. He calls Common Rashid. Um... And so Mo picks him up from the airport. They drive back to his house. They're talking about stuff. Common gets to the crib and somebody broke in and <laughs> stole his stuff, which leads into the next song, Stolen Moments Part One, um, produced by No ID. So the, the the skit and the lead in was dope, I think. And then, you know, he talks about, you know, having some shit stolen from him, which I think all of us can relate to, unfortunately. <laughs> but um you know, maybe not somebody breaking into your crib, but, you know, he, he felt violated about somebody breaking his crib, taking his stuff. Uh, not only did they break in the crib and take his stuff, but they cook food in the process. Um, and then we move on to track 12, uh, Stolen Moments Part 2, featuring my man Black Thought from The Roots, um, where they, you know, go back and forth. And um, I, I love this as well, man. It, it, the way that they cleverly crafted this i think was very very key and again it's not something that you necessarily saw in hip-hop then we move to track 13 uh one too many produced by doug infinite love this joint this joint might be my favorite song on the album um one too many you have to hear this song i'm not even gonna break down the words or the verses but you know i love it i love it (laughs) then we move on to track uh, was it track? Okay, so we're on track 14, um, Stolen Moments Part 3, and this features uh, Q Tip on the hook. Um, dope as well. Dope as well. And then we move on to track 50, uh, Making a Name for Ourselves with uh, Cannabis. Um, again, for me, that was the first time I had heard Cannabis, so I didn't know who this dude was, but he was rhyming his ass off. Uh, and, uh, that was my introduction to cannabis. And I subsequently became a fan after that. And, um, I liked it, man. I really liked it a lot. And, and I liked the way that they were going back and forth as far as the rhyme styles. Uh, then came track 16, uh, reminding me of Seth. And, um, again, Shantae Savage on the hook. Uh, this was the second single that was released. This was released, um, August 5th, 1997. So he actually released two singles before the album actually came out. Um, and then if you're looking at it again, I, th- I think retrospect of life, retrospect for life came out July 29th. So he had, you know, two singles on the board basically for a couple of months before this album dropped on September 30th. Um, but again, it used the Patrice Russian Remind Me sample, which you know had been sampled before in hip-hop and after that in hip-hop as well. Um, and then he finishes up with uh, Pop's Rap Part 2, Fatherhood. Um, you know, like I said, you, you can't go wrong with a pop, with his pops on, on a track, man. 
uh, just bugging and having a good time. Um, what I love about this album, as I mentioned, man, is the maturity and the growth of Common. Um, for me personally, if I had to rank it on a mic scale with five mics being the highest, I'd give it a four. This is a very, very solid album. Uh, this album, um, you know, is an album that I play quite often. Uh, if you haven't heard it, uh, make sure after you listen to this podcast that you go back and take a listen. It is well worth your time. Um, I think what this album did was it lyrically pushed Common to the next stratosphere is where he was wanting to go lyrically. Uh, I will be honest. This isn't my favorite Common album. My favorite Common album is Like Water for Chocolate. Uh, some will say B is better. I like Like Water for Chocolate, but we can have that debate at another time. <laughs> but um, I love this album, though. I love this album. I think the production was incredible. I think Common's rhyming was incredible. Um, this album was widely, you know, uh, critically acclaimed as well as, you know, his two previous albums. Uh, it just, you know, didn't sell through the roof, but who cares about sales, man? Dope is dope. And that's all that matters. Um, but again, if you haven't had a chance to check out this album, check it out and let me know what you think. Uh, once again, thank you for listening, downloading and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.